Hi, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, a podcast about film and the films that remind us of that film. You're here with Baron and the Doc. And the Maestro. Do we need another drink? Yes, we do. Yeah. Doc, here we are for another episode. Back at the Capitol Theatre, our old hunting ground. Yeah, we are. Um, so last night we went to see a film at Acme Theatre called Godless, the Eastfield Exorcism. And it was a packed, packed cinema, um, as they are these days, at MIF, which is really fantastic. And a film full of uh, jump scares that had the audiences gasping um, and heavy drama, all the good things you want. Um, ostensibly a horror film, but there was a lot more to it. What do you reckon? Well, I reckon we should introduce some special guests that we have <laughs> along with us today. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it's a good idea. That's Is that a deflection? Uh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> a real criticism of the film. <laughs> here they are. We have here in the studio, in the large capital studio, yeah. um, Nick Kazakis, director, and the star of the show, Georgia Ayers. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's exciting. Thanks for yeah. coming to, to have a chat with us about this. This is cool. And like the fact that we own this space now, this is the best, <laughs> the most glamorous thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> awesome. We should also mention, you know, um, that uh, Alexander Anglis Wilson wrote this. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of cast members there last night. Great cast, great, great crew by the sounds of it. Um, so, you know, well done getting this thing put together. Yeah, it was like a labor of love. It was uh, sort of born out of the boredom of COVID and like we were just in lockdowns. And then once we got out, we're just like, let's just make whatever we can make. And, um, you know, a testament to Alex who wrote a great script and um, yeah, just this team. It was like, and I said it last night, but it's like not to go Vin Diesel with it, but it's like, it was family. You know, it's like we were all family with it. And um, yeah, we loved every moment of it, even to the point now where it's like getting to showcase it in front of our home turf it was it was exciting yeah and what a bloody premiere like the excitement in the crowd like there was yeah. it was clear that there was a cast and crew and everyone in there but everybody just loved it there was applause for just the most ridiculous you know you know <laughs> movements of your head and, yeah. and the crowd would go wild yeah yeah, yeah, it was it was really surreal. How'd you find it? Like it felt like we were watching like we were all at home, like just mm. watching it on the TV, kind of just like everyone was there together. And as you said, I think it was majority family, friends, friends of friends, and so it felt very supported. And I think when we initially premiered it in New Orleans, it was very different because we knew no one there. So it was mm. like, well, these people can literally throw stuff at the screen. Yeah. Like it could go terribly wrong. But I think last night it was like. A bit more relaxed, still nervous, but obviously it felt very, um, yeah, like communal. Yeah. But really we're lucky nice. the US crowd really got involved and they were like yeah, so goodness. loving. And <laughs> yeah, we got some uh, really uh, cool responses there mm. too. So mm. it's been good. How good is that? That's oh, the best. It, it yeah. was insane. Like I didn't sleep that entire time. I was like so stressed out. I'm like <laughs> the imposter syndrome kicked in. I'm just like, I'm a bad filmmaker. What have I done? I've ruined <laughs> everyone's yeah, careers. Well, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't sleeping because we were living above that voodoo chicken place that was pumping music. <laughs> and um, yeah, like, and so then suddenly I going in, I'm like, oh no, this is it. This is like where I realize mm. I'm going back to music videos and that'll be my life. Um, and I do love them. But um, it was it was a great crowd there, and it was a great crowd here. So it's like it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Speaking of music videos, like you know, some of the greats really have come from music videos. Michelle Gondry and Spike Jones, well, David Fincher. Yep. Yep. Um, and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what what is it about you folks that you know? What, what is it about that you know grounding 
that, yeah. what's a special source you then bring to the films? I think it's like, we love visual storytelling. Like every frame needs to mean something. So it's like, I think that might help us. I can't compare myself to the names that you just mentioned, <laughs> but like for me personally, I, um, I, I think that every frame has to say something. And I think yeah. that's why it hopefully translates into a film like this. It's just like every frame needs to have that storytelling point. Like you can put it on mute and still convey the same message. Mm. That's great. Oh, so we yeah. met on music videos. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's how we met. That's and so George's met. first yeah. job in Melbourne after moving from Perth, joking. From Brisbane. She's Brisbane. <laughs> but like, it, I, always, I always thought she was from Perth for some reason. I'm from so Perth, now, so. Oh, hey, I love can, Perth. Can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so you live close <laughs> to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything yeah. was closed at 4 yeah. p.m. Like, it was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's right. um, but yeah, it was uh, when she moved uh, down, I found her on Star Now, Yeah, right? back in the day, and yeah. And then I'm like, she's got a cool look. She yeah. looks soulless, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so then we, um, we collaborated on that. It was such a fun experience, and then mm. we worked together again. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I've, I've got to do something with her. And then this fell on, into my lap, and I'm like, I can't do it without her, so. Mm. Yeah. It was good, also just going on set and already having a relationship. Because, I don't know, sometimes you go yeah. on set and you're like, I know no one, this is really, like, it mm. takes a while to kind of get into it. Whereas already knowing Nick and even a few other um, crew members was just so nice to just ease into that, which is good. Yeah. Well, and it's such a role. I know you get sick of talking about it, but it's a, <laughs> I imagine it's a hard role to play. It's a challenging role. So I guess to have someone that purports to be kind there it's, with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but absolutely though, because it is one of those things that's like Nick and I love to joke around, but obviously at the end of the day, it's a very serious role mm. and it's a very, like we're deal dealing with a serious topic. So I think that's a good thing about our relationship. We could click in and out of like joking around and then it's like, okay, let's just come on. <laughs> yeah. The trust was there, which yeah, is good. Absolutely. So it's like that's the trust great. and, you know, or at least I knew that she was gonna do a good job and make me look like a good director. <laughs> so then that way it was fine. So that's all I needed. That's the deal, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, as, as a director, you're looking for, for actors that can, you know, make you look good and vice versa. Yeah, Direc absolutely. The actors are making, they're in the hands of the director, so yeah. um, you need that trust. It's great. It's good. Um, the, uh, normally at this point, we, will make, we would make up a synopsis uh, based on our <laughs> sort of, you know, understanding of the film. Yeah. Um, however, we've got you guys here. So, <laughs> you know, which one of you would like to give us the pitch? It has to be Georgia. No, it no, has no, to be No, no, it has to be you. Otherwise, this podcast is going to go forever. We Nick's can't so debate good. this. No. Um, Lara <laughs> suffers from schizophrenia and hypomania, but her husband, Ron, finds that she's uh, spiritually possessed. And so he gets his congregation to start performing exorcisms on her. And we have like a brutal tale of like uh, a tragic situation where these religious zealots start doing really horrific things to a innocent woman. Is that all right? That Did was I pretty good. It? That it's was better off, than me. It's off script, but I, yeah, um, no, I, forgot, I forgot that. Like I have to go back <laughs> on the IMDb and check it out. So yeah, it's like, yeah, no, that's yeah. great. That, that sums it up. Um, and I guess something that, you know, you discover towards at the very end, I don't think you, this is a spoiler alert, tell us if you don't want us to put in there, but, you know, um, this is a real thing that happens in, in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, it's intense. So, like, I wanted to do the conventional type of possession film. I love every type of horror. Like, I, I joke, but I'm serious about it. I'm actually a horror fan first, and then I'm a director, you know? So it's like, um, and I wanted to do that kind of film, but when I started doing research, I found so many stories where people were dying at the hands of self-appointed exorcists and mm -hmm. people that claimed to be exorcists or, you know, their own community of people that were just saying, yep, yeah, that person's possessed, generally happens to women and children. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that terrified me. Like, I, I remember reading that, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. And then I go to bed 
and then thinking that one day I'd wake up and my whole family would just be brutalizing me because they thought they were doing it out of love and to save me. It's just like, how, how do you how do you get out of that situation? And um, that terrified me more than anything else. And then, yeah, it sort of evolved from there. And, and the, these are the films you love too. I know. So you've just realized that the films you love actually are real. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're even more <laughs> real. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, I can't, I can't look at them again. Yeah. So mm. it's, um, yeah, really traumatizing. <laughs> so the, um, the, the concept of these, well, these things happen in the world um, and you've, you've uh, set this in um, Eastfield. Is, is it something that you actually came across? There's an example of this in Victoria or are you sort of drawing from all the, you know, the various stories around the world? There's a lot of stories around the world. Mm. It's like we have had it in our backyard, but uh, I actually came across a New Zealand case um, of Janet Moses first. And um, that was the one that sort of piqued my interest and mm. even um, your hometown in Perth there was a six-year-old girl that suffered from it so wow. it was like um, mm. but the wor the worst thing is that it's the same theme it's like it's almost a script play by play you've got like a woman that's a little bit unwell and then family members are just like okay uh, we're gonna avoid medical health treatment and we're gonna go down the path of this and um, it, it's it's the same kind of steps and more often mm. than not these people tend to get away with uh, horrific acts of violence because it's under the, you know for their from their perspective they're trying to help mm. and it's like it's how do, how do you get into that person's mindset to change that and especially if you're mentally unwell then you're most the most sanest person but you're clinically insane so it's mm. like you can never mm. break that barrier it's like mm. it's like, you know and and when you're in that situation and someone's like uh, do you have any words and they're like please let me go and they're like you hear that the demon wants to right. be released yeah. you're stuck yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're totally trapped yeah, mm. so yeah wow it's mm. full on that's 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 really the genius of of your your film uh the fact that you take you ultimately take a position yeah but we we have to go on the whole journey to get to that position really and on that journey you're juggling these two perspectives you know the the medical view the spiritual view at once and as an audience we, we honestly don't know you know yeah. which which one is the truth mm. and and that creates just great tension that keeps you keeps you rocking through the whole sure the whole yeah. thing you're giving us multiple perspectives yeah. which is yeah. fantastic so you're seeing the demon you're seeing the the medical case play out in front of you at the same time mm. yeah exactly mm. and that's why it was so important for us to do that because it's like it is Lara's story, but we do take Ron's journey too. And yep. to see the manipulation of him as a character, like it's so hard to follow a journey of what would be an arsehole. So it's like, is it, yeah. uh, can I swear? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like, what would be a jerk, let's say. And then, um, <laughs> and then so, um, you know, like, but you need to see it from his perspective. And like, he's seeing his wife going through such horrific things. Yes. And the system, especially in the time period that we set it in, 93, Four, yeah. um, it was like essentially like the medical health system wasn't that great mm. and it's taking too long and they just kind of like lock him in a, in a white room. So then he's got a quick fix, take the quick fix. Mm. Mm. It's really yeah. sad. Makes sense. Um, George, I, like this, I think the thing that really st stood out to me as like one highlight of this film is just mm. how freaking engaging you are <laughs> on the screen. The camera loves you. Nick has sort of portrayed you in a way that just draws everybody in um but it's a really difficult role and it's yeah. ultimately a very sad role mm. how did you yeah. how do you just even start like how do you get dive into that character how did you sort of yeah. get your head around it i think well initially 
when I read the script, it was one of those moments of like, oh, thank you, Nick, but I cannot. <laughs> I simply cannot. It was just like, and he was like, yes, you know, you're going to have all these like, like four or five different personalities. And I'm going, mm-hmm, <laughs> yep. And we have a week to rehearse. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's I don't good, have that's a good, good sales pitch, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, again, like, so, like going back to the trust thing, it was like I did have to trust him because I'm going, okay, it is a really great script and it's really powerful and it is really sad. And the last thing I wanted to do, and it was great because we had Elisa who played Dr. Walsh. Mm. She's the only real female voice in the film that's heard, I would say. And even mm. then, yeah. Ignored. Yeah. Ex exactly, <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where, where Elisa had a lot of notes on the script because she didn't want it to be like, oh, well, here's a story about this poor woman that just goes through it and that's the end of that. Like she had a lot of say in it, which really helped also my approach to the script because I think, yeah, as you said, it is, it's an exorcism film, but I think it's just a really sad story. Yeah. And it's got a lot of themes in it of like women, probably not to that extent, but like domestic violence or not even having a voice. It's like in the psychiatrist office where it's like Dan's character, Ron, is just constantly cutting me off. But in her mind, she's like, well, no, he does know best. And it's like mm. she's almost mm. brainwashed as well to be like, no, it's okay, he can, he can speak for me, it's all good. But in regards to the approach to it, it was really me talking to Nick constantly, being like, I don't want all the like exorcism moments and stuff to be laugh because I feel like some of those things can be really yeah. comedic. Like you watch it and you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening there? It's like a, so we really made that as truthful and as realistic, I guess, as we could and more so highlighting how, how ill she is mentally instead of going like, well, let's make her look crazy and insane. It's like, well, no, let's see her actually really struggle. Mm. Yeah. So I think that was, yeah, it was very, we collaborated a lot on that, um, which was nice and needed, I would say. Comes across. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to jump into some Reminds Me Ofs? Yes, well, that's the... That's what we call them. Oh, that's so excited that's about the name of the show. It's, it's like a game show. <laughs> it's a game show. <laughs> it's like, okay, I okay. love this. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just start as if it's, we're doing a normal episode, give a couple ourselves. And normally then, it's just us yeah. back and forth, but we're going we're gonna to bring you guys in. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go around yeah. the table. If All we right. get time, we'll go around again. Yeah. yeah. Oh I'm nervous because like, I'm kind of like... I love horrors and I love cinema, mm -hmm. and it's like if I get caught out that I don't know it, then I'm a fraud. Well, everyone knows well, that that all the time. So so <laughs> you'll be, you're in good company. Yeah, yeah so don't worry about all right, that. here we go. Let's do it. So, sh shall I yep, start? You go. Okay, so this is the obvious one. It's the one that everybody's got. They'll, they'll know this one. That you probably will know yes. it, okay? Even me. But I'm going to mention it <laughs> yeah. so that we can talk about why. Yeah. Okay, so The Exorcist. Yeah. Right, you have to talk about The Exorcist. With any exorcism film, it's, the, it's basically the father, the grandfather of all exorcism films that follow. But the reason I bring it up is that there are tropes that have been established yeah. in The Exorcist. And you see them play out through every exorcism film that follows. However, I noticed in your film that you've stepped away from some of those tropes and you've leaned into others. And I'm just like super curious to know, like Nick, what in your mind were you thinking this is a trope I want to go, I want to follow, and this is one I don't. And I'll give you one example. Yep. So Georgia doesn't have a lot of makeup on when the demon presents itself. Yep. And that is a trope that we've come to expect from an exorcism yep. film. So what were your thoughts there? And what were you going for and not going for? Yeah, we really wanted to keep it like grounded, right? So it's like, and again, all these exorcism films do that so great where it's like, you'll see that character look up, slow look up, and they've got like those <laughs> deep set eyes and all that. And we just, 
we, we stripped that back as much as we could. And like the, the beauty of having such an amazing performer is she could do it all with her performance. I mean, mm. not taking anything away from everyone else that's played roles and they've had the makeup done, but um, we, we would do it in a subtle way. So it's like, we would just kind of like shoot her a little moodier or, you know, put like a little bit more deep, like, you know, dark darkness around her eyes but it wouldn't be to that extent because we really wanted to like use the camera and the cuts and all that to kind of create a more jarring effect so we did we we, we kind of steered it in that direction yeah cool and yeah. were there any from the exorcist any tropes that you thought this needs to be in my film um <laughs> a lot of the dialogue so it's like you know i came here to exercise the devil sure, and it's like yeah uh you know a lot of the dialogue that came from um daniel james king was in, like inspired from that because then it set up like a whole world of people wanting to become exorcists and all that kind of stuff. So we took a lot from that. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, Christ compels you to leave this body now and all <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just, it's things like that that we, we brought in. Great. So like to, to kind of reference, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, Little, cool exorcist churchy talk. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. one of the other tropes I want to ask you about is the guy who does all the cool exorcist tropey talk is normally like an old church guy yeah you've got a young hot guy oh, he is <laughs> stunning isn't he yeah. yeah so she would be yeah. loving that yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was so i, I was fascinated because of course being a horror fan myself the tropes are deeply embedded so when you see someone come at it from a different perspective it's it's actually um just it's refreshing and, yeah. you, and you start to think oh what else am I going to get? So, um, what were your thoughts on that? Like, yeah, we, well, so it like kind of had its evolution of things, but we really wanted to tackle the Jim Jones type of charismatic kind of leader. You know, it's like someone that thinks they're cool, and you know, again, it's like with Daniel James King, it's like I wanted people to look at someone and be attracted to them so then that way they could follow that person you know mm. so it's like it's like i i genuinely want to listen to this guy with the beautiful blue eyes and like you know he, uh, it, he's going to cancel me because i'm saying all these complimentary things <laughs> but um it's uh it really I think was heard them before yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. he's kind of like stop but keep yeah, going yeah 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 stop it but yeah. like let's talk later um and so he um yeah so i really wanted to convey a different type like uh you know i didn't want it to be the crusty older guy because yeah. at the at the very end those films the the older people come with wisdom mm. and they ultimately are the right ones you know it's like again in the exorcist he knew what was best for that yep. person and this it's like a young naive guy who's just been suppressed in this world where it's like everything you say and do is right and any thought you have which is a very ancient greek type of thinking is like it's not your thought it's god talking to you so it's mm. like when you fell in love in ancient greece it was like hey uh I, it's not me that loves you. The gods have given me the idea to love you. And in this, it's like anything he does isn't his own act. It's mm. the act of God. And mm. so that's why I was just like, that, that naivety there was like so good to portray in a younger guy mm. and also eye candy for us to be like, I want to listen to what he has to say. <laughs> so Yeah, it works. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that certainly yeah. did work. Yeah, it does that's work. Sure. Doc? Okay, I'm going to... I was inspired more by the performance, not more, but in this case, yeah. no, let's say more. And and was reminded just of the many films where the actor has to inhabit several personalities. Mm. Thinking um, Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Uh, what else? Um, James McAvoy in Split. Tony Collette, United States of mm. Tara. Even um, Jack Nicholson in Wolf, with with very similar no yeah. makeup, but changing completely mm. reminded me of your performance um but a lot of those they you know they're playing this character now and then another character in five minutes time mm. 
Mm. You, on the other hand, have to go in and out of these three personalities, or yeah. and your own, yes. and Lara's, sorry, <laughs> yeah. um, within the blink of an eye. So, mm. A, how difficult was that just to, to, to make happen? Mm. But secondly, were there any inspirations that, that you had on, on the performance? I would say split, funnily enough, like, because obviously I am not a huge horror fan, but I knew I had to look at some sort of films that um, had that in it. So I did watch Split and it was so amazing to watch because I feel like there are moments that where he very quickly transitions mm. in and out, but then adding the layer of, well, I'm tied to a chair, my legs are tied to a chair, what do I possibly, like, how can I kind of go in and out of that? And so again, it was really with Nick trying to focus on different voices and different facial expressions because that's really all I had in the in the shed scenes obviously in the car there's different like we had a bit more to work with mm. but even then it's like well you're driving a car there's there's a whole bunch of things going on there so I would say it was difficult to kind of make it uh, make sure that it was distinct mm. so like you could actually tell that it's switching between different people um, but t I have to say that editing also would have helped, do you know what I mean? It's just like the quick edits, trying to make a cut between, not that I'm trying to discount my performance, yeah. but it does help. <laughs> no, it I think you're trying to discount. Yeah, okay, okay, discount. Well, yeah, yeah. She's a woman of a thousand faces, yeah, so yeah, it's like, it was you. good. Like to have her tied to a chair and for her to show that transition was really good. But um, yeah, did yeah. you ever watch The Exorcist? Have you ever seen it? Oh, wow, so wow. you actually I've found a film in Split <laughs> Aside from The Parent Trap, which is the only other film that she's ever watched. <laughs> so. It's not true. I've seen, I've seen parts of The Exorcist I can't bring myself to watch. And I watched Hereditary, which is a... Okay. Yeah, yeah so oh, I have go. seen some. Yeah, that's good. I had Sunflower. Watched, I watched Hereditary like, so. like five minutes and then I would switch to something else and then like I would have to kind of go through it slowly. In, in segments. In se sorry, yeah, yeah in segments. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's the safe way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But no, in answering your question, essentially, it was, again, Nick kind of really showing me the different, what he wanted, and also pulling on other films and really old films as well to kind of be like, this is what I want, but obviously not um, not mimicking those performances, but trying to just give a fresh light to it, which yeah. I think we did, hopefully. And in, in a sad way as well, we were like looking a lot at, at YouTube videos of yeah. split personality and yeah. also people that were suffering from schizophrenia and hypermania and all that. So it was a, mm. there was a lot of references to that. So yes. great. Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, we're going to throw to you two, but one each. Something that inspired you that is a reference, what was on the mood board, you know, um, anything that, that was like a serious reference for you for this? I've got Snowtown because it was so bleak. That was like, that was yeah. a big one for mm. us. Myself and Carl Allison, our DP who shut the film and it's like, I, I joke around about it and he's probably overhearing it, but it's like, you can give that man a toaster and he would make something beautiful uh, mm. with that and make it into a camera somehow to shoot something really <laughs> cool. Um, he's, a, he's a wizard. And um, yeah, we looked at a lot of Kurtzel's films and um, you know, that was a huge point of inspiration because it was that, that heavy foreboding nature, like between that and Nitram, um, they were like mm. the two, but Snowtown definitely was um, a big influence for that. Mm. Right. I would say probably like the films that you mentioned, funnily enough, it was Black Swan, like Natalie Portman in that and Split were the two that I was kind of like, I, I felt that they were really grounded performances and they mm. weren't like super extra and out there. And it, it was just very natural and very, I mean, freaky to watch, obviously, because it's amazing. But mm. uh, I would say they were the two that were inspirations for me and helped me kind of get in the zone of like, yeah, trying well, to keep it natural. Because it's the only two films you've ever seen. 
And Parent Trap. And Parent Trap. Oh, damn. I'll tell you, yeah. you've taken my neck. If, my if you do know, really got she, into my she can do the uh, handshake. She yeah. knows it by heart. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I can't help you with that. So yeah. you do it solo. Right. That's great. Well, I think we've got time for another go around. Another yeah. round? Yeah. So I, uh, and you've, you've mentioned Hereditary, which is interesting, but um, I was thinking about Midsummer quite a bit, or Midsommar, yeah. however you Mids- want to say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know how to spell it. I yeah. just yeah. Yeah. autocorrect yeah. it for me. So. And like for, for reasons that are somewhat obvious, but um, you know, that's a very, that's kind of a, a film that's hard for a lot of people to digest. I don't think yours is in, in, in the same way, mm. but you have that kind of same kind of cult situation. You've got a, a young woman with trauma that's embroiled in this, in this cult that has its, has its designs. Um, and you've got a sort of uh, witless partner, male partner who becomes complicit. Um, in in everything that happens, it's, true, it's quite similar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> Don't give the story is different. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the elements are sprinkled through there, um, and then uh, without sort of giving any spoilers away, there's a fire element that sort yeah. of plays out, which is interesting too. Another thing that I thought was really interesting and a good connection to your film is that Midsommar is set mostly in the day. It's yeah. mostly in daylight, and so is your film, which for a horror film mm-hmm. is always an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, true, yeah. And daylight horror brings its own creepy, surreal nature to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we definitely uh, looked at that too. And that's if you go to some of our pitch decks and like our mood boards, there would definitely be a midsummer photo in mm. there for sure. Right. And even our poster has like re- a, a reminiscent kind of image, like you know, mm. with her looking oh, up at the cross, which is a very yeah. biblical yeah. look yeah. anyway. Yeah. But midsummer did that too, which is like you know, she's kind of crying and she's got like all the. She's got the roses, I think it is, all the flowers, but it looks almost like a crown of thorns. And um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, links to that as well. Well, These are just like the best films, like, you know, and you you sort of take little bits and pieces from each one of them, so. Yeah. Name a a modern horror filmmaker that's not referencing Ari Aster in some way. I know, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's not going to happen. And if if they haven't done it yet, they will eventually. So it's like, yeah. I really loved your comment about the daylight. I hadn't Mm. thought of that, but that's just one of many strategies you use to make it feel real yeah. and, and not like a mm. you know cartoon horror yeah, yeah i mean we you know, oh, sorry go for it no i was just gonna say because we've got the orange like tarp or whatever yeah. created a really cool color as well because it's like it's not just straight daylight it's like you've got this weird claustrophobic yeah. feel yeah which i think was done really well yeah, we really wanted to punch the heat in there and like create that like you know it was it did get <laughs> hot eventually because it was weird it's like it went from like super cold to like steaming mm. hot, and um, we, um, which was its own kind of spiritual possession on our film. <laughs> um, so we were upsetting something or someone. But um, it was um, yeah, we we definitely wanted to play with light a lot and like really punch that through to create that claustrophobia, like you said. So. Yeah. Uh, plus, it's also cheaper to shoot during the day. But like, <laughs> there oh, yeah. less lights. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, great yeah, choice. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're in the country, so there's no generator. Exactly. Yeah. But we just say that it was you know it was the a choice, right? Of, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, my turn, is it? Yeah, um, I'm gonna say a non-film reference, which is *The Crucible* by Arthur Miller. Oh, mm. yeah. Which I think some of us film made of it. If you want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Some of us may have done it in high school, and <laughs> yeah. otherwise yeah, probably well, not at all. Say high school, yeah, yeah. You know what? You've stumped me. I haven't seen it, and <gasps> I, I know. Have you read? No, yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen it. I know. I know of it, but like, this I'm gonna, is great. I'm, Something I uh, have I'm seen. I'm so embarrassed. No. I'm gonna go. What, yeah. You've seen it. 
Yeah, well, I, I read it. It was in high, uh, high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, I was forced to do it, obviously. Yeah, so what's we're it all forced to read it at some point. I'm going to say that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, what reminded what, what the connection is to me is yeah. you've got basically a whole community uh, calling out one woman after another for yeah. being a witch. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. you know, that it's, it's clear that's not, it's not true. And, but more and more, the whole community, it's like mass hysteria and there's the witch trials and all mm. that sort of stuff. So it's, you know, especially with that when you've got all the community, you know, gathered around you and no yeah. one's doing any, anything. Um, it's very, very similar to just the, the, the delusion that, that goes on in the crucible. I think there's also yeah. a point in the crucible where the community realises they may have gone too far, but it's kind of yeah. jumped, it's jumped shark already, like it's too late. Yes, yeah. the point Which of no return. Which happens in this, as yeah. well, I mm. feel like there's that yeah. moment. Or am I playing Spoiler. like I've never seen it in that way? I'm not called out <laughs> yeah, for like yeah. ripping off the crucible. No, that's cool. That's, I'm gonna have to check it out. But like, um, yeah, that sounds exactly that. It was like that whole witch like think think mentality of like she's possessed. We've got to do everything to her to save mm. her. And it's like, what would they do back then? They throw them off cliffs and like you know burn, burn them alive. And it's like, yeah. hey, if she's a witch, we'll get rid of it. And if she's not too bad, we've got rid of it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's so exactly. crazy. Yeah, it's more that thing of like you plead to be like, I'm not crazy, I'm not insane, and it makes you seem crazier. Like, yes. I feel like it's like, no, 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 and it's like, yeah, see, she's, look, she's at it again, and yeah. I feel like it's similar in Godless. It's like, mm. she's like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm just mentally unwell, and they're like, look at it, it's the demons in her, and you're you like, see? it would be so frustrating and so heartbreaking, though, no matter what you say, they're just gonna look down upon you and be like, oh, poor demon, I mean. Yeah. Terrifying situation. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, and similar to the Crucible. Yeah, yeah. but it was terrifying yeah. in, in Godless, it really, it really was, you think. Yeah. Thinking, oh, how do you get through to these people? Yeah. But then the other side of your head is thinking, oh, you know, Ron, poor guy, he's realising this may be the only thing he can do. So mm. you, then you're thinking, no, maybe they've got to be doing this to her. Yeah. I'm not team awful. Ron at all. <laughs> not many people are. I've watched Ron and I'm like, oh. It's like some people are like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, no, nah, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little hard to stay on board with them, isn't it? it yeah. Is. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You feel sad for the guy still. Yeah, <laughs> but then he's so manipulated <laughs> and far gone yeah. at the end as well. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, that's true. Do you want to go another round on your yeah, own? Yeah, yeah, let's do oh, it. Cool. This is like a game show. This yeah. is <laughs> I lost that round because yeah. I didn't know what the crew was, so that's bad. That's so, fine. Uh, yeah. That's fine. What else you got? What, what else have I got? Yeah. Uh, film wise? Okay, so I think um, one big one was like, it came late in the game, but I watched St. Maud. And that was just stylistically really beautiful. Have you got? Yeah, no, same old. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. unreal. Yeah, so I got is it you. A horror. Yeah, okay. oh, it's so, it isn't it? It's sort of genre bender. You know, that's, like a, that's a great reference. Yeah, yes. I hadn't thought of it. That's great. Yeah, Saint yeah. Maud was really like kind of a big tonal shift for us, and it came like almost like a month before because I had sent the script to a friend of mine, Peter McLeod, and he was he's a scriptwriter too and filmmaker. And he's like, have you seen St. Maud? And mm. I'm like, no, and I checked it out. I'm like, oh wow, mm. St. Maud is a great reference point, yeah. so yeah. What year was it? Like, I don't know, Ages two years ago or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay, not, okay. It's another yeah. A24 film. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Brilliant film. It's great. Brilliant film, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. And, and, it, and, it, and it deals with possession and yeah. mental illness in very similar way to yours. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a fantastic film. I just. And that ending, which, uh, no spoilers, but like that ending was just so traumatizing to watch. I was like horrified. I was like, yeah. okay, okay, that's where we went. And um, it's yeah, it's brilliant. Ending. Great ending. Highly recommend okay. it. You won't, you won't watch it. I might watch it. Will you? I might. All right, we're going to do you a second know. round of this podcast <laughs> at some point. So it's like, and then what did gonna... you think of that? I haven't watched it. <laughs> I haven't watched it.
No. Did you have another one, Georgia? <sighs> I feel like I'm stumped now. Probably I've yeah. used all my material. I'm going to win, okay. I'm gonna win two this last time. I know, I right? I did two. Thank you. You did two in one. Thank you. That's yes. fine. Yeah, but that was Thank your you. choice. And now I've <laughs> won this round. I thought you lost your voice and yet you're still... Yeah, I can't go high, so I sound like a prepubescent... So if I talk, it's gone, like from last night. Well, I can jump in. I've got another one for you that's kind of a cheat. It's not even really it reminds me of, but it kind of is. As long as I can have one too. Sure. So I was very aware of your score in this film. Yeah. Very big score. It's ever present. It's there throughout the whole film. And it's done by a fellow called Dmitry Golovko who uh, scored my f one of my films. Amazing. So I know him very well. Yeah. And he's a champion and a great person to work with. What a great collaborator. Yeah. So um, I was reminded of Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's an absolute machine. He's such a weapon. So we got him on board and uh, he did his first pass. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I felt like an imposter at that point because I'm just like, I have no notes. Am I just like mm. a really like, terrible director now so I gave some notes and then I drove away and I called him like just ignore my notes yeah, I love it he's like that's oh great. great well I'm a week ahead and then that's pretty he's much the machine, final isn't he? he's unbelievable yep. he's just so intelligent and like he built devices and I, I only learned this word from you but like he'd have like this uh, violin bow and then um, he would just kind of like drag it across these like torture devices that you know right. these things look medieval and he right. was just amazing just built things out of nothing just to make the score work. But also Beautiful. such an appreciation, because I remember Nick showed me the film without the score, without it, and I'm kind of going, it's, it's good, but you're a little bit like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, well, I thought that was bad. a bit more, it's no, it's like, I thought it was gonna be more <laughs> tense, but like, then you put in the score, and it's a completely different film. It's powerful. Yeah. And yeah. especially his score, I was like, oh, I, it made me emotional, and it made me feel things, and I was like, damn, okay, yeah. does a lot, does a lot. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's amazing. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Doc, you said you wanted one more. I wanted a bonus, didn't I? Yeah. Yes. That's right. Um, well, this is this is one uh, for team non-horror. Great. Um, it's a bit ridiculous, but it, <laughs> it just came yeah. into my head. And that's The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Which I think you, you, you can trace every every film back to The Wizard of Oz, yeah, can't you? you? That's can. the, oh, probably, um, yeah. But it's, it's the point in, in Godless where we get to peek behind the curtain of what the reality really is. So it's been, you know... Um, all, we've been on both sides all, all through and then all of a sudden we see the reality and I felt that was probably the best ex executed part yeah. of the film because I was wondering how how it would all get pulled together that just reminded me of the Wizard of Oz when the curtain gets pulled back and mm. particularly at the oh, <laughs> spoil oh. yeah, do it now do it, like we can say spoiler alert spoiler, turn alert, alert, <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert it's the end of the episode <laughs> particularly at the end when you actually see some of the origins of of the characters yes. that you inhabit yeah um which was really i don't, don't know if nice is the word but i thought it was great filmmaking it's emotional, mm. and emotional yeah. to tie yeah. it all up and i mm. i really wondered how you would tie it all up and, and it, it was very oh. well done yeah thanks i, I give full credit to the uh, script writers there but we you know even just visually we try to litter that throughout the film so it's like mm. here's that scene with the plumber and here's this scene yes. with like that was the great. baby and oh. then like you Hugh know like, is amazing Hugh's the awesome. plumber callback is great yeah yeah, yeah. That yeah. That, that's yeah. really the the, the yeah. one that I, i'm thinking of yeah mm. yes yeah. the plumber so good yeah, mm. that's that's great filmmaking. Really good. Oh, you know, Thank the, the you. awesome team. <laughs> awesome team. No, no, no. I got I got to give credit to everyone there. It's like there was not one weak link. You know, it's like the whole 
the whole chain just came together and we were all as strong as one another. And But also yeah. Hugh brought a different performance. Hugh like was I, great. You back to the plumber. Sorry, yeah, um, back to the plumber. Mm. Like, I remember you said you had seen a bunch of tapes where they kind of all played it similar and then Hugh... Oh, yeah, so like I, I was kind of like seeing a bunch of things that, like you said, were similar, and he just played it so straight, and mm. like there was just something so haunting about it. But then I was like, you know what? I had watched American Psycho, and I love that Willem Dafoe performance where, and and the way she directed him, which she like he'd he'd do a performance where he's like he was kind of skeptical of what Patrick Bateman was going to say in American Psycho, and then he then was going to be on his side, and they cut the two between, oh, so he didn't yeah, know. Great. And I was going to do that with him, but he just did it naturally. Oh. Um, so I just didn't know where his character was going, and I'm mm. like, I don't need other takes where I need you to lean more into it. He was just like, he was yeah. so unhinged mm. in those moments, but it was very subtle, and um, yeah, brilliant guy. Yeah. And, and he really helped us relate with, with your character, Lara, in that that early scene, yeah. like, you know, we were all with you there, yeah. well and truly. He's, he's amazing, his presence. And yeah, he just made me feel so uneasy. And obviously, mm. when you call cut, he's so lovely. But like, during it, I was like, okay, this is weird. I was yeah. like, this is, yeah, but he's he's truly sensational. He, and that character lovely. just in itself yeah. is, is very cool to just explore. I haven't seen him since the film. So it's no, like, he, he is. Because couldn't make it. Uh, but mm. maybe he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Hold I, I, on, is he in our <laughs> Yeah, you can look it up and realize he yeah. died before the film oh, actually happened. Oh no, then we just cast no one. The one that there was never an invoice that came through. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's great. Uh, I feel like we've gone way over time. We have. We've oh. taken up yeah. way too much of your time. No, no, no. Thank no, you. We'll, we'll, do so this. We'll, we'll do like a bonus round. Yeah, yeah, bonus yeah. round. No, no, this is so much fun. Know. Thank you for having us. Yes. We, we love this and we love the show. And um, yeah, what you're doing is great. It's like a really unique twist on uh, talking about a film, but also having fun with it. So, which is why we do it. Like we want to love totally. what we're doing. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. We really yeah. enjoyed all all of last night. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was great. Thank you. Thank you for coming and supporting us yeah. and uh, cheering that extra little bit louder. <laughs> else, so. yeah. Pleasure. Have a great rest of the festival. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. We will. You too. All right. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs>